Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. All right, welcome into the Mark Cox Morning Show on a Friday. Glad you could be with us this morning. 26th day of January, the last Friday of January. Time has flown by. Think about that. Christmas was a month ago. I know, and people in my neighborhood still have their Christmas lights up. You know, there are, believe it or not, there are still a number of people in in um, in my neighborhood that have their lights up. And it's more than that. They still have them plugged in. That, okay, let me let me just say this. We, we don't have our lights up at all. I, I completely uh, understand if you haven't climbed up to the roof and taken down your lights. It has been stupid cold outside, ice storms, all that. I get that. But I'm, I am a little shocked people still are plugging them in at night and lighting them up. I think maybe a lot of them just have them on a timer. Like I've got a dusk to dawn timer. Like when it when it gets dark, that clicks it on and then it clicked it back off in the morning. Maybe they've just forgotten about it and they're inside at night and don't realize the lights are still on. Do you think that's possible? We'll go with that. I don't know. It's a possibility. There was somebody in my neighborhood, uh, I'll just have to say, five, six years, it's been a while, maybe 10 years ago, who left their decorations up for so long that suddenly it was Easter. Oh, gosh. And they had a sleigh out there with Santa Claus on it and the reindeer. And I drove by one day, and somebody had bought a very large Easter bunny at, like, the Salvation Army, and they put it on top of one of the reindeer. Like, this is a, <laughs> as a suggestion that maybe it's time to take this So, down. for sure, it was not the homeowner who put it in there? It was. I don't think it was. <laughs> I don't think either either they got a really good sense of humor or they they somebody was trying to make a point. I, I have seen now this trend where people leave their trees up year round and they just change it up like it's a happy birthday tree <sighs> and then an Easter tree. And I, I don't know, a St. Patrick's Day tree. It's like every holiday you decorate it with whatever corresponds to that. Mm, I don't think so. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, th- that's <laughs> it's time to take your lights down folks and plus it's going to be in the 50s uh, with sunshine apparently the first part of next week so you then you don't have any excuse but this time next week that stuff's got to be gone uh let's kick off 2024 in the uh, in the right way how about that all right coming up we're going to give away some doobie brothers tickets we're going to check in on that situation on the southern border uh with this sort of standoff between federal government and states rights jim carafano may have some thoughts on that we got him coming up at about 7.20, we're going to talk to Greg Keller, Missourian, uh, conservative leader in the state of Missouri. And he he just got back from Israel, like on the ground, uh, seeing the, the savagery of Hamas, if you will, and some thoughts on what people are talking about inside of Israel and what happens next. Uh, not great news for, uh, for Benjamin Netanyahu, to be honest with you, but we're going to get his take on it at 7.20. 35. But first, let's get to the shortlist. The Mark Cox Shortlist. The authors of the Constitution knew there would be times when the federal government would not live up to its duty. And so they empowered states in Article 1, Section 10, the right of self-defense. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. Greg Abbott, that's what he's talking about here. He's, he's quoting the Constitution and saying he's got every right in the world to defend his state borders. Uh, Biden's saying you got to take that down to let people come in illegally, which is just crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, and, and Ron DeSantis is a student of the Constitution. Uh, probably when everybody else was drinking in college, he was reading the Federalist Papers. The beer brewed here, it is used to make the brew beer in this final. Oh, Earth Rider, thanks for the Great Lakes. I wonder why it's coming. Yeah, we're not sure either. We've been trying to decipher that thing this morning, and uh, I, I don't know. Corn Pop was a bad dude. That that's uh, That's about all I've come up with at this point. Twenty-five years, I've coached uh, varsity basketball, varsity tennis, coached in over a thousand ninety games, won six hundred and sixty-seven, and lost one hundred twenty-three. Have had a lot of success, but I finally reached the point where I had to resign last night because of boys playing girls tennis. How about that? A well-respected, highly successful coach out in Oregon has taken a stand. His name is Dave Brown, and I. I listened to this and I, you know, he's, he's taking a stand for, for, he said, he said, my wife and, and girls completely benefited from title nine. What they're doing in the state of Oregon right now defeats all of that. And I can't take it anymore. And, and he finally, I guess what the, the breaking point was for him, I'll let him explain it in his own words. This is unbelievable what can happen in Oregon. And I guess I didn't think of it this way. I thought maybe, maybe if a school district was going to allow somebody who was born with testicles to compete against women, that once you've made that declaration, you couldn't then go back and compete in boys' sports. That's not the way it is in Oregon. You can change it daily as long as you've informed the school board how you're feeling that day. Think about that. You want to play a fall sport that happens to be girls' sports? You can do that. And then you want to go play baseball in the spring with the boys. You just go change your designation again at the school board level, and then you get to compete with you. You can be whatever you want to be. You can be president of the United States. I guess remember we used to tell kids that. We didn't think you had to get uh, you know um, your, your your dangling participle cut off in order to to uh, successfully get that accomplished listen to this guy's i mean he's, he's pained by this he, he's been helping kids for years um listen i've had a lot of success but i finally reached the point where i had to resign last night because of boys playing girls tennis and the reason we did is we're just not going to support boys playing girls sports this is wrong on every level these are not girls they're boys saying they're a girl they're playing a fall sport, come back and play a girl's sport and go back to playing a boy's sport. All I have to do is change the paperwork in the district office. I'm not going to support it. I'm never going to lie to a kid. I'm going to support my wife who was a pioneer in Title IX. And every other girl that's come along now expects every adult to do the right thing and protect them. We're not protecting girls now. So he, I don't know if he's got a podcast or his own uh, YouTube channel or something, but that's the, he put the music under it, not us, just so you know. I wanted to kind do a dramatic. slow clap as I was listening to that. I know. You know, it's not just 
the genitals that are different on a man and a woman. No. There's a chromosomal difference. Just because you chop it off doesn't mean the chromosomes change. Do people know that? But it, you don't just instantly become a woman because you chopped it off. And as Sue Thomas would remind us, because this is one of her pet peeves as well, once you've gone through puberty, your muscles are bigger, your your muscle mass is bigger as, as a man. It just happens to be a physiology. That it's mm-hmm. just what happens when a, when a boy goes through puberty. So once that's happened, there's a superiority there muscularly. That you can't deny. Yes, it doesn't men go are away. physically superior to women. You can reduce the amount of testosterone in their body, but that doesn't go away. And here's the other part that really drove Dave Brown up a wall. Um, uh, and imagine this if you have, if you're a girl dad, listen to this. We have boys in the locker rooms watching girls go through their get ready for practice or a match or a, a game. How wrong is that for a girl to have to endure something like that? What we would have called five or six years ago, somebody going to jail is now acceptable in high schools and middle schools. This is absolutely wrong when a girl has to fear this, but she can't say anything. And if you're in a public school, at least in Oregon, you can't say anything or you will be ostracized, you will be put down, you will be shamed, and you just don't have a voice. People can't stand up and and say anything, but I will. I'm going to say this is wrong on every level. Thank you. I coach. love this guy. Yeah. Not only is it acceptable, it's encouraged. People are cheered if and, and applauded if they want to say they're a boy and they're actually a girl or vice versa. Usually I feel like it's the boys who say that they're girls in these cases. How many girls do you hear of who are wanting to identify as a boy so they can go in the boys' locker room? Yeah. Uh, or, none. Or, Oregon, you may think to yourself, is a long way away from here. But if you don't think that can happen in your school district— you're fooling yourself. Well, who's to say it's not happening And who's here? saying it's not because those policies quietly get put in place. Uh, and if you didn't have people like in the Francis Howell District and others calling it out, uh, you wouldn't even know about it. So thank goodness for that. We'll be talking more about the upcoming school board elections in the next uh, month or so. So stay tuned uh, for that information. Coming up, uh, we've got Eben Brown talking about the situation in Texas. And we're going to get to end other news with Ethan about 645. Stay tuned. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I mean, right right now you've got uh, the federal agents that are cutting the wire, and then you've got the Texas National Guard on orders to put up wire. I mean, this is a this is a counter uh, uh, a powder keg worth of uh, tension. So it's very uh, it, 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 it's it's a very weird situation. We certainly stand with uh, with Texas on their right to defend themselves. Um, but Biden's going to be in a tough situation. So in other words, he's going to try to federalize these troops. In other words, put them on federal orders. And so now their allegiance technically goes to the president of the United States instead of the governor. Um, and of course, I think a lot of Texans, these are still, um, they're still Texans that are weekend. Uh, you know, they're in a national guards. They do one week in a month or when they get called up on duties by the governor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they would be in a difficult situation to protect their homeland or to follow what Biden's saying. Literally I, I, open it. Very interesting. 
Yeah, that's Governor Kevin Stitt out in the state of Oklahoma because he's supporting and willing to send troops. I heard Christy Noem from South Dakota, potential vice presidential candidate, say yesterday that if necessary, she would load up some more barbed wire in her truck and drive it to Texas if Greg Abbott needs more of it. Mike Parson, it took some, it took a cattle prod, but they finally pressured him yesterday into uh, coming forward and showing his support for Greg Abbott. He's Missouri signed on to the, 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 you know, the 25 other states that are supporting him. I, I don't know what's taken so long here. Carrie Lake had an interesting point. She's like, let, let's put Biden to the test here. Let's let let's see if he's willing to arrest a sitting governor. How far is he willing to go to let illegals continue to stream over our borders? Listen, I, I was down at the border and within five minutes of arriving and stepping out of the vehicle, people were walking over under Joe Biden's policy. We had the President Trump's policy, remain in Mexico policy, was the best border policy I've ever seen in my 27 years covering Arizona. It worked. And Joe Biden came in on day one and pulled that. And now we're seeing a crisis. We need to build the wall. First of all, we need to sue the federal government for failing to protect us. And while that lawsuit is working its way through the system, let's go down and start building the wall. We have many, uh, uh, many miles of Arizona state land we could be building it on and let's let's finish these little gaps they're coming through a funnel where there's a gap in the president's wall and it is on federal land but let's build the wall anyway what's Joe Biden going to do yeah that's uh, Carrie Lake yesterday talking about the situation in Arizona Uh, they've got their own immigration issues down there with people streaming across uh, the border and now you you look next door to Texas and you see the mess that's going on over there we've got Evan Brown from Fox News Radio on the phone right now Evan good morning to you Good morning. When is the deadline? Didn't the president give uh, Abbott 24 hours at some point yesterday? I believe he did. Yeah. So uh, the question is whether or not anyone cares. Yeah. Um, You know, the the Texas uh, authorities uh, don't seem to be all that phased by it. Uh, In fact, um, there's plenty of talk about putting up more razor wire anyway. Uh, because the Supreme Court uh, order was not necessarily that Texas couldn't do it. It's just that they had to take the stuff that they did put up down while the matter is actually being resolved. So, you know, when you get into the sort of the specifics of it, the the Supreme Court did not tell Texas they can't do it. They just said you can't do it just yet, at least the stuff you put up, because we don't know the answer to this question just yet. Eben, this is Kim. I mean, if that's the case, then why not just say, okay, go ahead and leave it up while we work this through the court system? Because what a waste of money and time for them to say, yeah, you have to take it down, but they haven't also said you can't put it back up. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, that that is true. uh, But uh, at the same time, often the courts will decide, uh, you know, with regard to temporary injunctions and things like that is, you know, who's you know, which side is most likely to be right or which side could be the most wrong, which side could be the most wronged if we allow this to continue in the interim. Uh, and that's just the decision that they came to. Um, but, uh, you know, again, we, we don't have a final decision on it yet. So it, it may come back with a decision that is more in Texas's favor uh, at some point. So that's, you know, neither here nor there. And again, it refers to the the stretch of, of uh, razor wire, concertina wire, uh, that uh, was erected already, if they put up another round of it or another line of it, you know, one foot in front of it or behind it or whatever it is, 
um, that begins sort of a whole new case. Uh, so, yeah, I suspect that Texas might might want to do something like that. And, they, you know, that's that's kind of where we are. Yeah, I wonder, you know, I heard Ron DeSantis, who's back to being governor of Florida now that he's dropped out of the presidential race, said that th- this is a constitutional issue that that we're going to have to work out here. Go to go to cut two, Carl, please. Biden is going after Texas, saying that they must remove fortifications from their border. They put wire, they put things to keep people out. Uh, Biden's saying you got to take that down to let people come in illegally, which is just crazy. And I remarked that if the Constitution was originally understood to mean that a state could not protect itself against an invasion, that the federal government could force a state to allow an invasion, the Constitution would have never been ratified in the first place. Texas would have never joined the Union when it did. Yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not a constitutional lawyer, but the fact that 25 red states have come forward now to support uh, uh, Texas kind of raises the stakes here, right? Yeah, it does. You know, the Federalist Papers also address this issue. And I think that Governor DeSantis may be right here is that uh, especially with the swing of the court now a bit more um, in the uh, textualist uh, uh, Scalia uh, approach uh, now, um, I would say that uh, the court would find that, you know, as the Constitution was written, it was not in, you know, it was intended to 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 assure the states of their protection and that if it didn't assure the states of their protection, those states would never have ratified it, uh, you know, way back in the 1700s. So um, there is a real argument there, I think. It's something that the Supreme Court would would listen to. Uh, Earlier this week, Governor uh, Abbott of Texas, uh, in a letter which read like a certain declaration from the 1700s, if you remember it, by listing of its grievances, uh, it, it, uh, it, it outlined a specific clause in the Constitution Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, I believe it was, that that allows the states or could be interpreted to say it allows the states to take up national defense if the federal government fails to do it. Uh, And uh, that's not really ever been tested before. Uh, However, uh, there are Democratic lawmakers in Washington now saying that the president should just simply federalize the Texas National Guard under Title 10 uh, to prevent Greg Abbott, the governor, from using it in that fashion. Uh, and there's a there's an interesting question here because the, the state guards have been federalized in the past, uh, namely, the, I think the big one of the past hundred years was when Eisenhower federalized Arkansas's National Guard to make sure that schools got desegregated because the governor was going to use them to keep them segregated. So in that case, the president uh, used uh, that power to make sure the guard followed the law. Um, in this case, if President Biden were to federalize the Texas Guard to prevent them from following the law, that's a different scenario. And uh, certainly the court would have to get involved. But um, this is where people are saying there's a pending constitutional crisis. I can, I can see it. Eben Brown, thanks for the analysis. I appreciate it. You got it. Yep. Talk to you soon. Eben Brown from uh, Fox News Radio. That's an interesting perspective, isn't it? Hmm. We'll see what Jim Carafano thinks about all this as well. Coming up, we got some Doobie Brother tickets to give away. We're going to check in on business, and we'll get to Ethan uh, with in other news about uh, quarter till. Stay tuned. Well, congrats to yesterday's uh, lucky winner of the Doobie Brother tickets. That was my friend Lisa. I found out afterwards, so congrats to her. I'm very excited. You got one last chance to win tickets to see the Doobie Brothers August 24th at Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. Kim St. I'm going to let you pick 
the lucky winning caller this morning. What number? Uh, let's do <laughs> Ethan staring at me. I'll be nice. Let's do number eight. Number Caller number eight to 314-241-9797 uh, wins a pair of tickets to the Doobie Brothers. Caller eight. And again, it's uh, the 24th. I think tickets go on sale today. I think yesterday I said they went on sale today, but I meant oh, that Friday. That was the pre-sale. There was a pre-sale, but I think the tickets actually go on sale today. So. Good luck to you. We, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that one myself. I may have to see if I can work that out. Hey, uh, let's get to Nicole Murray, please. Uh, Nicole, good morning to you. Good morning. Happy Friday, TGIF. Yeah, no kidding. So, so you got a big move going on this weekend, huh? I am just starting the packing process. Oh. I got two weeks, pretty much, to uh, pack up and move on out. So, I just tell you, there's nothing I dread more than that. I we, we're, we've thought about moving again, and I just I, I don't even know where to start. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Oh my <sighs> gosh, I get you. But my wow. drive will be like a fifth of what it is now. So that it'll is be worth so it. worth it. Oh my yes. gosh, no. so worth it. All Cost right. of gas alone. So yeah, yeah. No, that's true. And All sleep. Right. What else is going on? All right. So on Wall Street, futures are slightly lower. Thursday, the Dow Industrials were up 242, the Nasdaq up 28, and the S&P 500 up 25. Both the Dow and the S&P 500 closed at record highs yesterday. Oil prices have gained 3% to settle at their highest price since December. Brent crude jumped to 82.43 per barrel. West Texas Intermediate spiked up to 77.36. This comes after the U.S. economic data showed faster than expected growth in the last quarter and as tensions in the Red Sea continue to disrupt global trade. Michelob Ultra has announced that soccer superstar Lionel Messi will be headlining its upcoming Super Bowl ad. A teaser to what will be a 60-second spot shows Messi ordering a beer as he walks up to a bar and his reaction when the tap stops pouring. Messi's relationship with the parent company Anheuser-Busch began in 2020. It will be Messi's first Super Bowl commercial, and the game is on February 11th in Las Vegas. Alphabet shares rose over 2% yesterday, closing at 151.87, a record high for the parent company of Google. LSEG analysts predict the company will report revenue growth of over 12% for the quarter. Shares for Microsoft and Meta have also continued to rally after reaching all-time highs earlier this month. Microsoft closed with a new market cap of over $3 trillion. Megatech companies will report quarterly earnings this week. Investors are optimistic thanks to a boom in artificial intelligence. According to the job tracker layoffs.fyi, more than 20,000 tech employees have already lost jobs in 2024 due to the spiked interest in artificial intelligence. Industry experts predict more layoffs will continue in the tech world as well as other sectors. This includes the automotive industry, retail, and media. Companies who have already announced job cuts include Google, Amazon, and Microsoft. Paramount CEO Bob Backish has announced layoffs at the media company, citing a need to operate as a leaner organization and spend less. The media giant did not disclose how many jobs it would cut, but Backish did also say that they plan to reduce international content spending. The company reports quarterly earnings at the end of February and plans to elaborate on its 2024 strategy then. CNBC reports Chinese-founded retail giant Shein will not position itself as an Amazon clone as it prepares for a U.S. public listing later this year. The e-commerce company's product categories are likely to grow over time, but that expansion will vary from market to market and focus on younger 
demographics. The fashion brand has already ventured into diverse product lines such as electronics, sports attire, and home appliances. Shein estimated revenue of $24 billion in the first nine months of 2023 alone. Consumers are concerned over the presence of lead in Stanley Steel beverage containers. The company does state that its inventory uses some lead, but now Stanley PMI has issued a statement. It said the vacuum insulation at the base of the cup that keeps beverages cold does include lead. However, the area is covered with a layer of durable stainless steel that is inaccessible lead to consumers. In the product would need to be damaged, used in a way it is not intended, or become exposed to extreme heat to expose the harmful element. Journalists at the New York Daily News and Forbes staged a walkout yesterday to protest contract negotiations and the recent slew of job layoffs. Both strikes are historic. It's the first for Forbes in more than a century and the first for the New York Daily in three decades. The union referred to the layoffs as an example of the company's union-busting efforts and are also demanding better wages. Denim giant Levi Strauss and Company has announced it will also be slashing its global workforce by 10 to 15 percent in the first half of 2024. This will be part of a two-year restructuring plan that seeks to cut costs and simplify operations. Levi says the arrangement is expected to generate net cost savings of $100 million in the current fiscal year. The world's smallest escape room has launched in Barcelona. Participants have 30 minutes to solve the live action puzzle game to escape a coffin. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> I guess claustrophobic people need not apply, right? I mean, because a lot of people would just break out in a cold sweat the minute that lid closed. I'm I'm pretty sure that's one of the first warnings that it has on its website. Wait, so so there's like puzzles somehow inside the coffin, and if because it's not like you're gonna be able to bust open the coffin. So if you solve the puzzles, the coffin opens. Yeah. So from what it looked like from pictures that I saw, there's like puzzles on the sides. Um, I think one on the lid that gets placed over your face. Um, I'm guessing they light it up inside, but yeah, it's like actual puzzles while you're inside this like teeny tiny coffin. That is my worst fear. One of my worst fears. Claustrophobia or a coffin? Both. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. It could could cover a lot there. There is not enough wine in the world for me to do that. So absolutely not. I'm with you on that. Uh, Nicole, have a good weekend. Good luck with your move. Thank you so much, guys. All right. Talk to you on uh, on Monday. Wow. Wow. Uh, Who won? Aaron from um, Eureka. Eureka. Congratulations. Won our last set of uh, tickets this morning to the Doobie Brothers. We uh, appreciate uh, you all playing. And again, you can buy your tickets at some point uh, today, maybe 10 a.m. this morning. You can do that. Remember I told you last week that um, I I had cocktails uh, with uh, somebody who owned a local car franchise, Mm -hmm. automobile franchise. I'm not identifying the, the, the franchise. But what that person told me that night was jaw-dropping from an insider in the business as to how concerned they are that the manufacturers with whom they have contracts to produce cars and then they're supposed to take those cars and sell them to the general public, that those manufacturers are deaf to what consumers want. And instead... They've got all of their eye on the cash that the federal government is giving them to produce EVs, which the dealers know people don't want. Now, obviously, a certain percentage of people want them, but not enough to make them profitable. And he said what he told me was this is going to cause 
particularly smaller car dealers, and he's got several dealerships, but particularly single-owner car dealerships around the country in smaller towns are going to go out of business. They're going to have to start selling used cars because they're going to be forced to take these cars by the manufacturers, and nobody wants to buy them. Then I come across this story. Ford, according to this report, loses $36,000 on every Ford F-150 Lightning that it sells. And as a result of that, they've, I think we reported the other day, they've started cutbacks at these F-150 Lightning plants affecting 1,400 workers. They're eliminating two out of three production crews uh, because because they're losing thirty-four dollars to $36,000 on every vehicle, and it's not sustainable. So imagine what happens within the next nine or 10 years if Joe Biden gets reelected for some strange reason or steals the next election um, and stays in power or somebody like him is in power and this mandate continues, it's going to destroy car manufacturing in this country. And yet Sean Fain with the UAW endorses endorsed him. Biden. Yeah. Explain the logic to me there. Force the manufacturers to build cars nobody wants out of the belief that if that's your only choice, you'll have to buy them. In the meantime, they're losing $36,000 per car. That's more than I paid for my current car. They're losing that much on each one of these. Now, of course, they're costing 70 or 80 grand, if not more, for one of these Ford F-150 Lightnings. Uh, More, Carl says it's more than that. We have a friend who has one, don't we, Carl? We do. Yes, we do. Uh, all right. Uh, at least he got his. Uh, I don't know if he got. Hopefully, he got a good discount on he it. He loves his. <laughs> loves it. Good. Good for him. Good for him. I'll let him pull my trailer with it sometime, hmm. um, and see how far he goes. He said he he thinks he could make it to Wright City. Oh, okay. All right. I I, I get it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he could make it a little further than that, but maybe not much. All right. Coming up, uh, we're going to get to other news with Ethan next hour. J.J. Carafano. I want to talk to him about this border situation in Texas. Greg Keller is going to join me. Just got back from Israel and a, a, a unique on-ground experience and, and insight to what's going on over there at about 735. We'll be back. Happening. Go, you know the you know the thing. What the hell is going on? In other news. The 2024 Bourbon and Beyond has been announced. Their lineup. Um, it's gonna star Tyler Childress, uh, Zach Bryan, Neil Young, Dave Matthews Band, as well as others like Beck, uh, Matchbox 20, the Beach Boys, and my morning jacket. It's a four-day festival. It happens down in Louisville. It's uh $270 if you want to get tickets for that for four days. I have been to this before. It is amazing. Highly recommend getting tickets for it. Matchbox 20 is still a thing. Matchbox 20, they were just here, weren't they? Yes, last year. Yeah. Hmm. I think I identified three of the bands you just mentioned. Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah. Beach Boys, uh, Neil Young. Dave Matthews Band, and Matchbox. And Neil you know Young. Neil Young. I knew Neil yeah. Young. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot more on there, too, that you would just it have to go look. but extensive. There are probably about 100 bands. I know yeah. people that, that go to this every year, and they, it's apparently a fantastic time. Yeah. My, I've got 300 friends bucks too. worth. I'd rather go see Sammy Hager. Sorry. On top of it, you got to think that <laughs> this is what made us. We went one time, and then we, me and my wife kind of decided maybe not for us anymore, but it is fun. But once you're there, you're kind of locked in there, so you can't leave. So all your drinks and all your food, it starts at like 10 in the morning till midnight. So you're stuck there. 
I don't like that and part of everything it. Everything you're buying is like super overpriced. Oh, so that's just for the ticket. So that everything else is on top for, of that. Yes. But you if can you're bring camping, your if you're staying, yep. all that stuff's extra. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, you couldn't bring anything in. What? And on top of it, I'm not really selling this very well. Last year they started charging, <laughs> they started charging for you to bring in a lawn chair. Oh my gosh! Like because ten dollars a day. You could rent because they wanted you to rent one from them. I that and I think they had so many people. Well, last year they had Pearl Jam, so they had so many people that they were just like, oh. didn't you camp though? I no, we did an Airbnb. Oh, my okay. friend, my friend right. Jim did camp down there. All right. Um, it looks like. Alyssa Milano and her husband are asking people to donate money to their son's 12U travel baseball team so it can make a cross-country journey to Cooperstown, New York, um, to play in the Dreams Park that every travel ball kid dreams about. They're looking to raise about $10,000 for the team, so if you want to help them out, they are doing a GoFundMe, and this is blowing up all over X because people are like, aren't you Alyssa Milano? Can't you just fund $10,000? Thank you. Yeah, why (laughs) are we supposed to pay for that? I know she hasn't. Other than being a left-wing activist, she hasn't done much in Hollywood for a while, though. Maybe, maybe she's fallen on hard times. I don't. I could kind of see it because maybe she didn't start it. Maybe she's just promoting it. You know, oh. like maybe. Yeah. I I'm don't sorry, know, but that's but... like a star posting that their child is going to be selling Girl Scout cookies, and they're like, "Hey, please buy my daughter's Girl Scout cookies." Well, it's like that's The Rock weird. and Oprah encouraging people to donate to Hawaii, and right? Both that was embarrassing. Yeah. For multi them. multi millionaires mm-hmm. who could have funded it all by themselves. I yeah. that, that that's. Didn't go over very well. Yeah, right. it's not going over very well for her. I'll either. bet not. Um, Pizza Hut is facing consumer boycotts after the chain reportedly provided free meals to soldiers in Israel military bases. This happened on January 19th. Pizza Hut Israel reposted an Instagram story that depicted two smiling soldiers holding stacks of Pizza Hut boxes, implying that the chain had provided the meals for the soldiers for free. Uh, Palestinian news agencies got a hold of this, started resharing it on Twitter, Instagram, and X. Um, and it's Twitter and Instagram. Everybody decided we're going to boycott because Aww. you know how it is. For Israeli soldiers, right? Correct. Wait, yes. we had Pizza Hut for dinner last night, and I'm even happier that we got Pizza Hut. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I'm going to order Pizza, pizza Hut. Hut this weekend just for that. <laughs> um, Kim, Kim sent me this one. A woman stole a family's horse and Amish buggy while they were shopping in a Michigan Walmart. The family discovered the animal and buggy were missing after they finished their shopping. But luckily, a truck driver who was parked in the Walmart parking lot told police that a woman had stole the buggy and gave officials the description of her. And later they not, that night, they found the stolen horse and buggy and made contact with a 31-year-old woman near, at a nearby motel. Would it be that hard to find? I was going to say, how far can you get? Uh, it depends, because like... Well, my uncle, or my uncle, my father-in-law goes up to, I think it's Ohio, isn't it, where they have all the Amish all the people? Amish, huh? And he's like, they're everywhere. So you just <laughs> go to Walmart and horse and buggies are just yeah. parked there with the cars? Well, you don't have a car. What else are you going to take? Well, you have to take that. And you but can't you just call park the police. It in the lot? <laughs> they don't have Why cars. do they have to go to Walmart? I thought they raised everything on their right. own. That's a good question. They might be wilding. Oh, could be. They're being rebellious. <laughs> Rumspringer. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> no, at least you won't get any speeding tickets on the way home. That's that's a positive thing, I guess. Coming up, Jim Carafano from Heritage. We'll ask him about this uh, security issue on the southern border in Texas. And Greg Keller on what's really going on in Israel right now that you need to know at 735. We'll be right back. Get more at 971talk.com. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.